D&D After Dark is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast starring three semi-professional actors and full-time parents. Previously on Dark Was the Night. Carl Patrick and Jules Walker open a new letter from their mystery killer. They take it to Father Monahan to translate. It reads, Haunting the path of the slothful man's cook is where you should look if you hunger for a meeting. Meeting with various contacts leads them to the root of the jellied eel vendor, Old Ellis. They trace the vendor's root and find a man starved to death before a display of rotten food. Jules chases a suspect on the rooftops of London but is unable to apprehend them. As they struggle with the pressure of their caseload and deal with increasingly disturbing visions, will their sanity last long enough to save London from unspeakable horrors? Now, sit back and enjoy this episode of Dark Was the Night. At about 5 a.m., Carl was going to get a knock on his door. Excellent. As the sun, after the autumnal equinox, is starting to lessen as of late, 5 a.m. would be pushing the boundaries of the heralding of the new day on this September the 23rd. Saturday. Jules, as presumably it is you it is. who will be knocking on Patrick's door this morning, you awaken with, thankfully, no bouts of blood staining your palms in sheets, but instead the faintest hint of visible mist from your mouth. With now resigned disappointment that it may be time to start upping the coal costs mm -hmm. to keep the three-story flat a little more temperate. As you get out of bed, your nightgown lightly damp in certain areas from the sweat of whatever unremembered night visions accompanied to your rest. This moment is now yours. Um, so I got up and I got dressed and I went down to knock on Pat's door. Yes. Pat? Uh, one moment. I'm gonna put on a dressing gown. Open the door. Um. I have to go. Wait. Are you gonna come? Right. Uh, wait. She nods. I'll dress quickly. Excellent. Get ready. <clears throat> Usual yep. gear for this mm -hmm. little adventure. Excellent. Um, as you, you yourself slip upstairs very quickly just to divest your own night clothes and to uh, make sure that everything is in place. Uh, nuzzling in between your legs in the way that felines do, a uh, mm -hmm. shadow um, sits on top of your feet and looks up at you, the tail wisping back and forth. Not wagging, this is not a dog. Mm -hmm. This is right. an elegant creature. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> elegant. And uh, shadow uh, tilts her head up Clearly expectantly. Um, so I'll pick her up 
and I'm going to tickle her under the under the chin, which she likes. Um, I don't think you should come with me. <laughs> little, little play bite on your fingers mm. at, at that comment. Well, I don't. The back claws of her feet as you're holding her um, lash out, not in a explosive manner, but more of a pushing away as she uh, injects from your arms to daintily walk upon the edge of your bureau, leaping on top of the wardrobe, curling up and looking down on you a little judgmentally, which you may be one of those people that assigns too many human emotions to animals, but there are definitely moments when Shadow seems to get the gist of it. Okay, fine. But you have to ride in my pocket. The shoulders begin their little dance back and forth. The pocket <laughs> is opened. Well, the die up. went straight <laughs> out of the dice tower. Awesome. Off the tray. Landed on his feet, though. Landed on feet. Yeah. Um, didn't like that dice yeah. anyway. Uh, I'm realizing I didn't grab my spooky d20, which is peculiar. Um, dives right in. No issue. Great. <laughs> dives right in. Woohoo! It's a <laughs> roof chase! Um, so be quiet in there, because you know, you know how Pat is. That's not that's that's not reassuring. <laughs> um, Pat, anything else that you are? I'm not taking my snake. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, as you both begin descending down to the first floor of the uh, 17 Shaftesbury Avenue, mm -hmm. um, the <laughs> of we're making your way down these rather noisy hollow stairs. Which Jesus she God. lives under the stairs. Um, you do uh, hear a and boom. Oh. And you see one of the steps down, maybe the fourth or fifth one up, just kind of jut up for a brief <laughs> second. Oh. Um, before you hear just kind of muffled whimpering. Um, and you hear, who, who's up? We'll be back a day before breakfast, we'll, we'll, we'll Miss be Pearson. Breakfast. Watch your head. Door. Oh. Wait a wait a moment. Um, these two of you make your way into the the misty morning of Victoria's London, and Jules. Um, as this is your little foray, I guess I will ask: Is this at this point in time the carriages are not abundant, so you will be having to hoof it for yep. a substantial portion of this. Um, and due to... I, I know... The location. Every way to get there. Fantastic. So I'll go whatever's the fastest, and Pat just has to keep up. Well, the most direct route is often the most direct. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that being said... Uh, wow! I know, right? Some deep lore. <laughs> and woo! Deep there. Right there. Um, it's definitely no Urim mantra, but it's a, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a Urimism. Um, what? Because... The DM, in his infinite knowledge, has forgotten the location of uh, Lord Smithfield. Don't worry, I got it. I figured that was um, the case. I think I may have to that down. It's in Camden Town, the townhouse. Thank you. Townhouse in Camden Town. It is not a light promontory that's in front of you this morning. 
um, but as it is one that is practiced in your... Well, and the carriages will be running by the time we come back, so... We can get back easier. Oh, that was definitely the incorrect Camden Town I just typed in. That is very hilarious. Um, no, it is definitely going to be uh, just shy of an hour. Yeah, I figured it'd be yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I figured. And the, the, literally the only reason that it is such a relatively small amount of time is because of the... We probably also don't have to wait for any kind of... Like, no one's in our way. Exactly. <laughs> that would be yeah. a lot of traffic. Not to mention your foreknowledge of the yeah. of the best routes to do so. Um, all right. You make your way north, leaving behind the, the middling districts of uh, London's boroughs until you reach the uh, more sparsely constructed various townhouses and manors, the overabundance of parks, the hint of Capitol Hill far, far in the... Mm, not Capitol Hill. That would be America. <laughs> the British equivalent. I was like, oh, do they have that? Um, the British equivalent of Capitol so. Hill. No. Um, yes, you do pass by uh, the Regent's Park. Talking about like Downing Street? Yeah. Um, north. Uh, you see the distant uh, eclipsing silhouette of Primrose Hill. Oh, I see. And as you pass by uh, uh, hmm, Eastcrest Station, passing through uh, Easton itself, you do at least reach Camden Town. And it isn't long before on Livonia Street. Okay. One of three houses upon Livonia Street with a direct view of the Regent's Park. One eight zero one Livonia Street. The four story sprawling townhouse of the London quarters of Regency Lord Park. Regent's Park, yes. Um, the four-story townhouse of Lord Smithfield. At this point in time, it is about 6.05 in the morning. Give me a perception check. Twenty-one. Excellent. With a twenty-one, you do see on the first floor the slow-moving silhouettes of the numerous servants, maids, butlers, beginning their morning tasks in preparation for Lord Smithfield's awakening, and no doubt... Uh, so to, he's in town, then. Yes, and no doubt to also attend to his guests, uh, who have attended one of Smithfield's ever-famous uh, gatherings of which wine flows, food is prepared in overabundance. That which is wasted at the lords and ladies' tables is passed along to the servants' quarters, thankfully enough. But 
from there, no speck of these illustrious feasts ever sees the streets. Instead, it is left in drums upon which to spoil, and then left to the amenities of the city itself to clean up after it. Smithfield feels to feed the homeless and the poor would be an insult to their pride. Indeed, how could good, strong Englishmen ever accept the charity of those above them? No, it is when a man makes himself that he can truly be called an Englishman. Says a noble who had everything handed down to him. Precisely. The attic silhouette is unmoving, and then the third and second stories still seem dark. No oil lamps have yet been lit. There is a silhouette in the attic? With a 21. Mm -hmm. The singular attic window, unmoving. I usually come at night because I don't really want to climb the building in the daytime. Um, so I'm uh, assuming that we're in the park looking across from, you know, a semblance of cover. Um, it was really convenient of Sir Arnold to have his townhouse be across from a park. It makes it a lot easier to spy on him. Um, okay. However, I do want to um, cross the street inconspicuously. Certainly. And just try to get a better look at the silhouette in the attic. At 6.05 in the morning, I will say that the fairest hints of individuals are beginning to make their way into the streets. Yeah. Uh, certain boys setting up shoe shining, shoe shining, shoe shining, shoe shining stations. That's a fun... Shoe, shoe, shoe shining shoe station. Shining. Shoe shining. Shoe, 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 shoe. Um, the various milkmaids beginning to uh, dispense their wares, and perhaps a uh, Victorian-era walk of shame, um, though oh, no doubt waiting for a... wishing a carriage would arrive instead. <laughs> but we, we, we will not draw needless attention to them and their delightful uh, indiscretions. Too late. Too late. Um, so why don't you go ahead and give me, for your purposes... A deception check. Okay. Fourteen. Fourteen. Ah, there's the other d20. You guys are in trouble now. <laughs> um, with a fourteen, the most notice you are given is from passing cluster of flower salesmen who are beginning to open their roadside shop, hoping upon hoping that a high-born person with a fat purse will be in a glorious mood after a night of frivolity and perhaps would be willing to spend a few pounds on a cluster of roses for either their wife or their mistress, whomever they need to appease this morning. <laughs> that is 
the only acknowledgement you're given just a um you approach you're even closer at this point in time you may either give me a new perception check or an investigation check perception Ooh, 22 Ooh, one better wow. <laughs> with a 22 you know because... <laughs> with a 22 um was there a particular floor you're paying attention to well, so i'm looking at the silhouette ah the attic the yeah. attic silhouette still unmoving doesn't appear to be in a lit area uh-huh. it's just the hint of the easterly sun beginning to peek through this dusty interior that a general shape most certainly humanoid is being highlighted the glare of the window itself robs you of any ability to perceive individual details however it is not bulky it is draped it is a humanoid figure that is adorned in numerous draping cloth somewhat sheer around the face but abundant all else Oh, okay. Um, is, uh, are there any windows in the attic that appear to be slightly ajar? There's but the one window in the attic, that facing Smithfield, uh, Regent's Park. Is it slightly ajar? You know what? You may need to get up there to find out. You know, use your knife. You could use your knife to open it. Shut up. Wow. <laughs> pick up my cat and I'm going to point it to the attic and I'll be like yes. see if you can get in there I, I'm watching this from <laughs> the park I'm like she brought the cat <laughs> what what on see if you can get in there like catching mice but don't be seen <laughs> she was give me an animal handling check oh no that's good not thing, good good thing she's trained this cat <laughs> This fettle cat. He's like, just go, just go look around, kitty. Oh, 17. Oh. Holy crap. <laughs> okay. She speaks cat. Well. Shadow and I have an understanding. You're both from the street. To momentarily pull from your perspective and instead to adopt a new POV. New POV calls for, of course... Different mm. music. <laughs> the servants. <laughs> or the point of view of the house. As you are pointing to the window, relaying your instructions to her, Shadow observes you, <laughs> focused in on your features. <laughs> Holding her up. She hops out of your pocket. <coughs> she and Jules is like, I don't know if this is going to work. <laughs> but she can handle herself probably better than I can. So, um, You see her 
I'm convinced, by the way, this cat's been alive for like 50 years. It is, it is for these reasons that I contribute to D&D After Dark on Patreon. So can you. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, we don't have a Patreon. I was about to say, I mean, gosh, I mean, if you've been busy, okay, go, cool, sure, why not? Um, so, <laughs> Shadow, aptly named, uh, makes her way to... We'll say the uh, the gutter that uh, frets the side of this uh, building, and first she inspects the inner of it. Echoes up the gutter, pulls her head out. Um, <laughs> instead, kind of just starts pacing back and forth alongside the alleyway of this building. Thinks she sees something. You hear a brief rustle. Ting, ting, ting. A can rolls out of the alleyway. You see Shadow emerging happily with a mouse firmly grasped in her teeth. Breakfast, well done. She spits it out at your feet and then almost looks sheepish sheepish as she recalls you tasked her with something. (laughs) Oh my god. I'll uh, pick up the mouse and put it in my pocket for her later. (laughs) Shadow goes back into the alleyway. And we'll say your 22 carries over. You see, uh, there's really no other way I can say it. This cat is parkouring. Great. Like, up, I love it. Up the various windowsills uh-huh. of both the the adjoining 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 servants' quarters uh-huh. until she gets up on this uh, kind of balcony, slanted roof over the second floor. You see her pacing around a little bit, just eyeing her. And then in the way that all cats are able to be so in physics-defying moments, uh, she bounds at like a backwards angle to hook up onto the third floor roof. Pulls herself up to that. Takes a few moments to lick her paws and groom herself. You see her so just So I am of... trying very much so to look like I'm doing anything but watching this cat, by the way. I'm like very nonchalantly, you know, like doing things, looking at whatever and kind of like... <laughs> okay, give me a renewed deception check. Pat, what are you doing? Oh, it's I'm the same. Fourteen. <laughs> You're just shaking your head. Yep. <laughs> oh, well, that's good for you. That's also fairly decent. Um, Pat, as you are sitting at the what I assume to be a park bench, just kind of observing Jules down the street, holding the palm of your head into your uh, holding holding uh, your the hand. Palm of- in the palm of your hand. Ooh, palm of my Gosh, guys, it's almost like I just woke up from a nap or something. Uh, and a figure takes a seat next to you and uh, opens up a wide newspaper and just seems to be in a Bit of a chilly morning this, this uh, late September, wouldn't you say, sir? Indeed it is. Hmm. Back to Cato. Okay, great. Shadow. Cato! Not Cato. Cato! Cato the, the Shadow! The cat Shadow. Shadow. I see what Cato, happened. yes. It's going to be a long night. It's going to be a long night. It's going to be a dark night. Uh-huh. Uh, tish um, Shadow has now made her way onto the very narrow uh, slate of tile of the ultimate roof, the, the pinnacle. Uh-huh. And you see that she is now walking around this 
extended sill uh-huh. uh, holding the attic window. And she remembers, don't be seen. But she's a cat, so all she heard was, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and she, she has survival instincts. So she just kind of peeks her head around, and you see her just inch slowly onto the sill, and then sit on the windowsill, looking into the window. You just see your cat starting to push her paws onto the window, making little sounds on the uh, the wood uh, paneling, not wood paneling, the, the wood frames mm-hmm. of the uh, glass panels mm-hmm. of the window. And you see her just kind of... Oh. And she's in. Huh. Okay. Um, with the window being slightly open, does that change the glare at all? Do I have a better view of the thing? As a matter of fact, it does. Okay. Uh, but give me a new perception check. No! Twenty-three. It was just twenty-one again. Oh, okay. Holy well, crap. with a twenty-one, that is still sufficient, uh, given the the new lower DC. If if I had a twenty-three, it would have been a nat. So. Oh. Okay. Oh, so you're just rolling really high. I'm rolling very high. Very nice. Um, is your the the details are still lost on you, but you can tell now that it is a feminine form. Uh huh. And despite shadows interaction, and despite the window pushing, the silhouette move. did not move. So it's either like a mannequin or a standing dead body, which seems <laughs> unlikely. Uh, that's creepy. Unless he's got her, like, hung up in the attic. Yeah, but there's not a thing above, is there? Not that you can perceive. Okay. So, it's probably a mannequin, but... Is she looking at me now? She's The shadow's back on the cell. That's the sound my cat makes right before she throws up, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Great, that's great. Um, <laughs> can't connect it to you. I'm gonna point. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look. The cat just broke into his house. <laughs> connected to you. So like, well, that's great. We gotta send this off the CIA. <laughs> I know. Who this was. So I'm there's gonna, only one woman with a cat in all of London. Am I I'm gonna. This? I have no idea if this cat's gonna understand this. And if not, oh my gosh! But I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at the cat and I'm gonna point the at the mannequin, door. and I'm gonna go, like tug, like tug on the fabric. Give me a disadvantaged animal handling check. That's Don't totally fair. <laughs> oh, that's actually not as bad as it could have been, but it's only an eleven. Okay, with an eleven, Shadow looks down at you, and you just see the kind of head tilt. As you are pantomiming. <laughs> and she just starts going. So when I see that this is clearly oh, this not going to work, that. which <laughs> Emily is having flashbacks to trying to getting whipped cream in China right now. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, I, it was a lot of pantomiming that was unsuccessful. Mm. Anyway, um, I, I just feel like, come back, come back. Give me another animal handling check. I'm going to hold up the mouse. Okay, you can make it with advantage. <coughs> uh, 15. So we lose the cat. <laughs> <laughs> cat takes out his pistol. Right now. Um, 
Yeah, because if the cat didn't draw attention to us, the gun definitely <laughs> yeah, won't. Uh, as you so. dangle the mouse, the cat, who looked like she was about to curl up on the windowsill as it is perfectly in the sun, uh-huh. um, goes... And just starts bounding <laughs> down the various rooftops. I'm uh, going to go ahead and cross the street because I know she'll follow me. As you are doing that, a third floor window opens and you see a scullery maid uh, advanced in her years and uh, rather plump in her features. Who's making all that noise? Boom! Oi! <laughs> As Shadow bounds off of her head down to the, one of the lower roofs. That's funny. Oi! And you see her vanish out and a metallic pot is hucked down at Shadow in response. So it wasn't a clay one. <coughs> That's going to miss, however. Great. Bang, 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 bang. She's a dexterous cat. Starts rolling down the street. Um, yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. Thank you so much. I appreciate the tag team on that. Um, Shadow uh, scampers immediately after you. And we're going to see if the scullery maid... Also scampers. Also, no. We're going to see if she perceives if the cat is following an individual. Wow. Scullery maid has not had her coffee yet, clearly. <laughs> well, of course. Get out of here! She's doing get, coffee, then she's not get. patriotic. Um, oh, of course. Uh, <laughs> yes, for tea. And Shadow <laughs> lumps right into your pocket, and you just start feeling this kind of like light chewing motion directly against your leg. Um... You do feel a light, damp spot starting to appear on your your trousers. Uh, I'll have to clean those later. Yeah. Patrick, back with you. Glance over to the newspaper. What's what's on the news today? Um, uh, it talks of uh, basically how there has uh, a body has been discovered in the uh, British Museum. Um, uh, sensationalists believe that uh, is this Ripper's return um, others are you see uh, slight uh, little flowery puff pieces such as um, Lord Albert's uh, prize Parisian uh, receives the blue ribbon for most well-groomed feline at the Cumberland uh, show of cats uh, a uh, Final round is to be held in uh, one week's time. In, or sorry, not one week's time, but in a few weeks' time, on October the seventh. And finally, there is a uh, what you the last thing you're able to perceive is a kind of a printed advertisement um, for a household seeking strong, able-bodied men for uh, fishing expeditions uh, deeper and in, more into the open ocean as opposed to hugging the coastlines as it is unseasonably dry with the normal fishing spots. Those who wish to inquire should seek uh, the Secretary of um, Agriculture in the Lord's Common. Um, so I just want to stay as long as I can um, until I know we need to get a carriage back to make it for breakfast. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and with the goal of, I want to see him through the windows. It's just like a... I have to be able to hate his actual being, if that makes sense. 100%. Um, also, I've done a, I never knew much about his personal life, except very mm -hmm. little things that he would say when he would come. Um, have I ever been able to perceive a it Lady is. Smithfield? It has been said that the Lady Smithfield, whose dowry was enormous, uh -huh. is often ill and needs the, the countryside. You have not been able to yet ascertain the location of the Smithfield ancestral home, but you do know that it is not within the confines of London. Okay, so he does... Uh, how long has he been married? Roll me a history check. Poor woman. <laughs> Two. You have no idea. I guess, actually, I don't... I never specified how old he is. How old have you decided he is? Uh, I'm going to say that Lord Smithfield at this point in time is uh, exactly 50. Okay, so he's probably been married a while. Cool. Mm -hmm. um, roll me one more history check. Okay. Natural 20. Natural 20. While you do not know how long he has been married to his current Lady Smithfield, mm -hmm. you do know that she is the third... Lady Smithfield. <laughs> oh, these poor ladies. Okay. The first one died of a mysterious illness. Sure she did. The second one died of a mysterious illness. The third one... Has a mysterious illness? Has a mysterious illness. Oh, great. I have a mysterious illness. This oh, is great. Oh, fancy that. Awesome. That. <laughs> uh, that was a very profitable net twenty. Thank you for that. You're quite welcome. Now you know what you got. So does this? Sorry. More you know. <laughs> does this uh, epiphany come to me like right at this moment, or is this something that I've known? I kind of like the idea of this uh, epiphany coming to you at this moment. Cool. So then what what is happening in, in the story is I'm watching. Do I see him? Give me oh, one bro. more perception check. Because that would help trigger this, I think. Uh, <laughs> that's a 21. On the second story, the particular room, particular windows do see into the uh, grand entranceway of the uh, Smithfield townhouse which does have a bit of a first and second floor bleed uh -huh. into one in this grand entranceway. And you're able to perceive the stairwell leading uh -huh. from the second to the first. And already in an immaculately pressed suit, tails, cuffed, white gloves in place, always with the damn gloves. The... Okay, the... Uh, Sandy blonde lamb chops, mutton chops, sorry, not lamb chops, uh -huh. mutton chops, and the coiffed hair, almost French in style, and the piercing hazel eyes, almost so dark that they can't even be called brown, more of a just a 
an abyss of green and brown together. The Lord Smithfield, descending very casually, reading small black-bound book. Um, so I feel pain in my scars on my back as I see him. Um, and I just get kind of a moment of catharsis of hate. And another sort of reinvigoring, like, I gotta get this guy on something. He's got to, he's, he's got to get put away. I don't, after especially five years of working with Pat, I will not murder this man with my own two hands, despite how much that would be really nice. Um, because I know that's not the way. It would actually be far more fun for him to rot away in a cell somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, as I'm thinking about this, and I'm like, oh, I wonder about the Lady Smithfield, if she's around. And then I'm like, oh, of course she's not, because she's sick and she's in the country. Wait a second. She's sick and she's in the country. Didn't the last one die in the country of an illness? And the previous one died because I think I've probably done a little bit of research mm -hmm. and it's at that moment that I'm like that son of a bitch <laughs> as I think about the other morning as I was coughing up blood I'm like <sighs> and as at that realization as his as his profile turns and he descends and he, he goes out of view I storm over to where Pat is and I'm like to which you see a gentleman mm-hmm you see a, a gentleman with a newspaper. You don't see the gentleman himself. You just uh -huh. see hands holding a newspaper sitting next to Pat, who just appears to be not reading over the man's shoulder, but instead just reading the, <laughs> the front page. Um, we can go. All right. Good day. Good day, Mr. Patrick. I'm sorry, I don't believe I caught your name. As the paper folds down in, you see a gentleman probably, probably about in his 60s, uh, rather pointed nose, uh, narrow in its construction, a snow-white curled mustache, the fairest hint of uh, perhaps a patch of mist <coughs> shaving. Mm. Upon his chin, just a little, little light scruff. Uh, perfectly clean top hat, with a uh, ascot rather than the normal gentleman's tie and attire, and his uh, coat is a very subtle burgundy. You do make out uh, black onyx jeweled buttons going down his white shirt beneath this coat. And as he folds the paper, he says, No, um, we have not yet had the pleasure, but I couldn't help but notice that you and your companion, Miss Hawker, were in a, a fair rush this morning. Quite an early start for the day. And, well, with a beautiful morning such as we're having, one can hardly hold it against you. A robust walk to get the blood pumping yes. as September fades. Yes, brisk, brisk exercise is always good for one's constitution. Walk, walking is very, very beneficial exercise. Indubitably. And still yet, I don't believe we've 
been properly introduced. We have not, and um, unfortunately, nor, nor shall we at this particular time. But I would be remiss, and I would hate to be rude and to leave you with nothing to address me. So you, you may simply call me Mr. C. And the reason why I've arranged for us to have this uh, brief interaction, but brief it must be, I'm afraid, is that I represent a coalition of interested individuals who have taken note of your many exploits, that of you and your ward, of course, and would require a... Oh, Lord, what would be the proper way so as not to have you reaching for that very, very powerful weapon at your hip, sir? Hmm. Let us simply say, my employers have an errand that demands discretion as well as competence. And we are simply wondering if you are exclusively at the beck and call of Scotland Yard. So I'd like to do a uh, investigation of this gentleman to see if I can figure out what this coalition might be. If he represents the Queen, or if he represents something like that. What certainly? Like, is, crime does, boss. like yeah. Does this well a crime boss? Does this guy look like he's? Oh well, you're obviously the Prince of you know exactly. Bohemia in disguise, mm -hmm. trying to hire me for services. What? So I'd like to do. That go for it. Give me an investigation and a detective. I almost will call you an inspector. It's <laughs> terrible. I'm so early. And you haven't even had your tea. It's only an 11. Oh, that is a terrible roll for you, sir. What was that, like a four? Can I do an insight? You may do an insight. It's awful. You get something with an 11, don't worry. <laughs> I also got an 11. Yep. Um. He is perfectly cordial. I'm a little burned out, I guess. You're a little burned out. He's perfectly cordial. <laughs> that is what your that is what your eleven picks you up. Oh, okay. With an eleven. For this jarring encounter, mm -hmm. you get the sense that his education must have been of highest quality. And this is simply not only due to his vocabulary but also the fact that throughout the entirety of both his reading directly next to you and his address to you now, his back has been absolutely ramrod straight. So this also indicates that while his education has been immaculate, his personal bearing, his social standing, is not that of a lord. You get the sense that he is a very high-end servant. As to whom, alas, those details escape you this time, Detective. Okay. Um, let's say. Um, what kind of buttons did you say you had? Onyx. You got a burgundy coat with onyx buttons. Yeah. Um, so, uh, let's come up before. No, but we can probably look, you know, ask around and see if there's anyone who has their servants dress that way okay okay so um uh i'm gonna say uh i 
I'm a freelance uh, private investigator at um, Dynamic Inquiries. I'm not only, I, I don't only work with Scotland Yard, I help to advise and consult with their cases, but no, I'm not uh, officially affiliated with Scotland Yard. Excellent. And he reserves the right to take or turn down any case he wants. Oh, that's of course. It's quite excellent of you to uh, stand to his defence so readily. Well, I unfortunately can go into no details in such a public location. However, should should this light puzzle tickle your fancy and intrigue you, sir? I invite you, in five days' time, to meet me. <laughs> Calling up my location. 28th. To meet me on Royalty Muse, located in, uh, in Whitechapel. At a pub known only as the Ten Bells. Simply present this sign at the door, <coughs> and no questions will be asked, and I will be with you promptly. Should you not arrive, we will simply assume that you were not intrigued, and trust me when I say that no offence shall be taken. Is there a window of time in which you would prefer our meeting to occur? Oh, how polite. Well, truly, sir, when I say any time that day, I mean any time at all. Until then, here you are, good detective. And he presents to you a silken handkerchief which has been emblazoned with a strange-looking symbol that you have never perceived before. It basically, the meat, the body of this rune, appears to resemble the top half of a fish hook. And then stemming from the bottom is a little tail that tapers out, and finally affixed Inward, the loop of the fish hook on the top of it is a uh, an upside down V. And I, being the DM that I am, will send you a picture later. Thank you. Because I want to draw it. Yep. These are my clues. He says, simply present that at the Ten Bells in Whitechapel and on the twenty eighth, and I will join you shortly. Ten Bells. The That's Ten Bells. The name of the oh, pub. I thought you said Mills. Ten Bells. Bells makes more sense. Yes. Thank you. Of course, of course. Uh, do your best to stay alive until such a day. Good day, Mr. Patrick. Indeed. Miss Walker. Jules' eyes get rather wide at that. It's an odd thing to say. He gets up and he tucks the paper underneath his uh, arm and he begins to walk away. When he stops and he goes, Oh. Do see that uh, Miss Britton is taken care of tonight if you will. She's rather important to us. Good day. 
Um, I'm just gonna let that sit until I've had some coffee. The strangest things have been happening since that woman turned up. Let's get a carriage home. Yes. It's gonna be a long day. Thank you, by the way, for coming. Thank you for letting me know, so I don't have to add that to your upcoming conversation about parole after assaulting, no, after a police officer attacked you. <coughs> See, the lawyer's mind within Carl Patrick is already starting to churn. I've already told you. I've already, I've already talked to, talked to her. I don't remember no. the conversation about so. that. So I'm gonna say, Jules. So probably as we're in the carriage. Uh, as we're in the carriage, I'll probably. Uh, shilling. Just in, single shilling. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, shilling. Shilling half. Half a shilling. A shilling and a half. A shilling. It's a crown. Gotcha. No, almost crown. One shilling. Um, money. It's look, look at money, the money. Money. Just money. Look, look the money. at the money. It's in the money. Um. So. I'm gonna say. Speaking of which. Your um, unfortunate incident yesterday yeah. complicates things, but does not make them impossible. As you were assaulted by a police officer, I mean, he you, didn't assault me. He, you were assaulted by a police officer. You protected yourself, and then were beaten by more police officers. This is an instance of police brutality more than anything else. You are one hundred percent in the. In the clear. That is, they, they don't have a case. I will do whatever you say. Good. Whatever you say. <laughs> yes. Especially, oh, especially I'm since. I'm going to bring out, a, oh, what a good <laughs> darling you are. You did so good. Interrupting conversations. Especially since. Mm, big hugs on my kitty. Constable Pallets wasn't sent for. He did not call for him. He specifically said you did not call for I told you that. Yes, he specifically said you did not call for him. Okay. So he unbidden reached for you. Well, that does. Well, I don't know if I can say it makes me feel better, but it will make things a bit easier for me. Um, Pat, it was just, it was so strange. He knows not to touch he does. you. If it, anyone knows not to touch you, although it's him. I. You you know that if Jimmy's touched me, I would just back off I would, or tell him to let Either go. Either way. But anyway, Pat, okay. So I was talking to the witness, right? Right. And as I was talking to her, uh, suddenly she changed from being who she was, I, I guess. I, I, I haven't told you because it was so, uh, it's going to sound insane, but she was looking at me and then her head turned upside down. And you had taken some of the doctor's medicine that morning. Yeah, but I don't, let me finish. Her head had turned upside down. It was, it was frightening. And that's why I thought the first two, I was like, oh, maybe I had two, I have a dosage think so anyway and then she turned into sir arnold 
uh, but a, a perverse um, rotted Sir Arnold. Like his flesh was falling off and he came towards me and he, he grabbed my face. And I was stunned for a moment. And then I did, I did what I do to try to get him off me. I, first I called out to Jimmy's because I thought, to Jimmy, because I thought I was dreaming or, or, or something and maybe he'd be able to wake me up out of it, but it, the, the, I guess he didn't hear me call him or I didn't really, I don't know. But when I grabbed Sir Arnold's wrists to get it off of my face, I woke up and it was Jimmy. That's what I saw. And this wasn't the first time. The day before, when I was getting ready to go into the reading room, I looked into one of the windows. I was casing, you know, like I do. Hmm. And I saw... Um, uh, um, a, a knight uh, with Sir Arnold, um, where he was being um, particularly brutal. Um, it, but I saw it from a outsider's perspective. Um, and then there was a woman uh, who interrupted me. And I was speaking with her. And then she called me a whore. Which she doesn't know who I am. It was strange. I just decided to walk away. And I turned to look back at her and he was, she was gone. I didn't take medicine that day. But if we have to call it the medicine for the inspectors, that's fine. But that's why I don't I don't necessarily think that that's what it is. Last night, though, I was just I was just reliving a memory, so I don't know what's happening with me. I don't know. It's not very relatable. Maybe I'm maybe I'm unreliable. Maybe I should just be staying home right now. I don't know. But that's well, I wish that's I the truth of it. I wish I hadn't said that because that makes it more difficult. Said what? that you had a episode before you'd taken the medicine that makes it more difficult. If it's the same thing, I don't know. Maybe the woman just ran away really fast. <laughs> the two sit in deep contemplation. <laughs> within the carriage. Patrick looking as if the world weight of the world is on his shoulders. Right. So when we get back, um, we're going to see if uh, Butterfingers and Spiker are around. Um, you g Go ahead and give me an advantaged perception or investigation. <clears throat> we'll probably get back like in the nick of time for breakfast. Very much so. Okay. Uh, Perception, mm -hmm. or investigation. Okay, that is a 17. Okay. With a 17, as you turn down Shaftesbury Avenue at about 13, uh, you do see uh, next to an alley wall, you see a, the familiar gender-neutral form of Spiker as she bundles, her up in, bundles herself up in boys' clothing to conceal her identity and she's kicking a uh, wrapped <coughs> looks, to be a, uh, looks to be a cabbage that has been wrapped in various uh, twine repeatedly and she just mm -hmm. keeps kicking it 
against a wall, bounces back, rolls back to her. She looks in the general direction of 17 Smith, uh, 17 Shaftesbury, not Smithfield, 17 Shaftesbury, and goes right back to kicking. Oh, so it's just Spiker? Spiker right there. As you uh, go a little bit further, uh, you see at a shoe shine station, station, I can't say that, that it has uh, never been set up on Shaftesbury Avenue before. And you see uh, Butterfinger just putting out little tiny wares, as well as taking off his uh, cotton cap and laying it down, and uh, just sitting expectantly right next to the shoe shine station, uh, directly across. Did you all see that? I'm almost positive, at least when she's getting out, if nothing else. She's just going to say, Oh, I haven't helped anyone who gets their shoe shine by him. Um, I'm going to... Uh... Can we pause briefly so I can go to the restroom? Oh, I suppose. Thank you. And we're back having voided our bowels. <laughs> or bladder. Just, just <laughs> mine. Just my bladder. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to go up to Butterfingers and drop two uh, pence, tuppence in his cap. And say, um, just had a, just had a, a meeting with a gentleman, white mustache, burgundy coat with onyx buttons, goes by Mr. C. Did you happen to see anyone meeting that description? Top hat, ascot, and leaving that description around my flat today. You see uh, Butterfingers immediately start getting really sheepish looking, and he goes, I'm so sorry, Ms. Mr. Patrick. I we, we just got the orders from Jack this morning. I, I, I literally just got him maybe maybe an half hour ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. That's all right. I, 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 That's not you. Mr. C, top hat, white I, mustache. He, he probably won't be back, but if he is, What's let me burgundy? know. What's burgundy? Kind of a Is that a wine? But it is. The reddish how, purple. How is it that you know that it's a wine, but you don't also know that it's a colour? Eh. If it's red, it's red. If it's purple, it's purple. Right in between. So you know that it's the reddish purple. So you were lying. I'm just kidding. I'm just calling out Robo. <laughs> it's, <sighs> it's, it's, it's a reddish purple. <laughs> oh, thank you. That is so nice of you to point it out to me like that in simple ways that I can understand because I'm a 12-year-old boy and <laughs> I'm not a 30-year-old man who knows colours and wines. <laughs> not just that. You're also an ascending 3L, right? Anywho. <laughs> so you... Uh, plot hooks aside. Okay, so... Or plot holes aside. So, so then we'll go in. Yeah, it's, actually, it's actually Butterfingers the entire time. He is the murderer. Oh, man! <laughs> Um, okay, so then we'll go in and, uh... And, uh, as you enter, you do, uh, smell immediately coffee, tea, yes. and blueberry scones. Aww. Oh, lovely. Um, I'm gonna change my pants and, uh, take a second to clean out my coat pocket. Great. Um... She left you half of it as a present. As she does. The bottom half. As she does. Um, so I'll, I'll clean that out and, uh, leave her lovingly up in my room and give her lots of scratches and I'll bring her up some milk. I'm gonna, uh... Go um, pet your snake. No, I'll make sure he's fed and all that. But I, I would like to get a newspaper 
Um, and uh, when Jules comes down and rejoins, I'm gonna go. These yellow journalists, like this, a body was found at the British Museum. I mean, they probably don't want to freak people out to say, you know, a body and a third. Um, at that, they're going to, they're going to, you know, expect any. (laughs) (laughs) I'll catch that. Miss Pearson just kind of, uh, and as she, as you are handing it off to her, you do see that, um, she does have a big welt, uh, right, right around the top of her eye. Um, what color are her eyes? Her eyes? Yeah. Uh, they are. Black now. (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) No, so she's got that sandy blonde hair, and sorry, I, I closed that window for whatever reason. I want to say blue. I want to say... I think they were. I want to say blue. Okay, yeah. that's fine. That's fine. I was just curious. No, of course. Of course. I, I should have this called up anyway. Um, but as she's uh, handing it to you, and she's just uh, saying, I'm sorry, a, th- a third? A third of a book? I, this is this is stuff I'm not supposed to know, is it? Just the shoulder and arm. It's going to be public knowledge soon, I'm sure. Oh, right. We found uh, one body cut up into different pieces and then part of another body. Fantastic. I mean, don't ask questions if you don't want the answers. No, that's that's on me entirely. Um, did you tell me? Did you tell me? You probably told me that you found the rest of the body, right? Yeah, we talked about totally. it. Totally. We did a debrief there. I Great. remember we did. Um, but don't worry, we found the rest of the body. That's absolutely fantastic. Uh, Mr. Patrick, uh, can I get you anything uh, more hearty, perhaps? Um, I could boil some eggs. Or anything along those lines, sir? No, this will, this will do. Thank you, Mr. Pearson. Jules? Uh, no, um, thank you. The scones are lovely. Oh, well, I'm sure um, you can do something about that eye. I b- was going to go see a physician. Um, thank you. Uh, Damnedest thing, uh, I appear to have uh, also. Quarters are the quarters are lovely, though they are, they are, they're also just a bit cramped, and I'm I'm afraid I must have slept a little incorrectly. Uh, oh, by by all means, you feel free to sleep in the kitchen as well. I, I... Oh, is that permissible? Because I mean, I think my cot actually would allow me a little oh, bit more leg room. I, it, and she kind of pats her leg a little bit, and she says, "It's oh, if, if you if you want basically to, asleep. If you want to change uh, around some of the." Arrangements with the um, pantry under the under the stairs in your sleeping quarters, and move your sleeping quarters into the pantry. Oh, well, thank you so much, Mr. Patrick. Is there a certain day that I could do so that it would not be a um, a gross inconvenience? You can do that the today. Ser- servants' quarters. Are... Oh, excellent. When I when I get back from the doctor, then. Um, um do you have a doctor? I, I see a, I see a few. Um, I'll write down. Doctors are not. I'll write down Dr. Thomas's information. Oh. Um, she's going to look at that and she's going to go, is this, is this your personal doctor? Yeah. Oh. He's a good man. He'll take good care of you. He has reasonable prices. He's a good man. Yeah. You say, you're close? Yeah, ish. Not any closer than a doctor should be with his patient. Oh, of course not. <laughs> Never would I suggest anything. 
of the kind. Um, well, thank you, Jules. I, I really appreciate this. Um, I yes, I will have to take a carriage. This is quite painful. Um, anyway, thank you very much. Uh, I'll be sure to uh, keep it down when I do so. And um, well, we should be out most of the day. We are quite the busy. Afternoon tea or no? If anything, uh, I. I I doubt we'll be home for dinner, so... Uh, oh. oh, my. Do, uh, I suppose, the cleaning and such. And Excellent. Um, sorry, one more, one more rundown about your individual floors and quarters. Any Anything to stay away from? Uh, the last thing I would want to do is overstep my bonds again. Uh, well, Adolphus, for one. Um, Adol who now? The, the He's a snake. Box. I, have a, I have a box where I, I keep my I thought Chaffsbury was joking. No, no that's no. really a snake. Uh, oh, Unless I, I, I'll, I can, I can train you in the proper handling and procedures of feeding and, and uh, handling of him. However, it's I, quite alright. I, I actually quite enjoy snakes. Oh, well. reptiles in general—they're absolutely fascinating creatures. He, he is rather uh, deadly, not uh, immediately so, but. Um, Are you aware that you can actually milk the venom of some snakes? Yes. Are you? Are you in? Are you interested in such? My my father was uh, was um. <laughs> he was a bit of a biologist, uh, focused on reptiles and the like. Really? Yes. Miss Pearson, we're learning more and more of you each day. Oh. Well, um, um, my cat Shadow has a blanket in the corner. Just don't touch it. Ah. That's the only thing that might set her off. Certainly. Blanket in the corner. Other than that, she's a sweetheart. Great. Except for you. Um, I will uh, restrain myself from uh, preening on Adolphus too much. At uh, and, and I do have some some papers and, and uh, documents and things that I have in my own. Just don't touch those. The, or the pins the, in the wall. Yes. Oh, goodness gracious. Of, uh, of course, of course. Well, um... Mostly the laundry and the dusting is, is... I will make sure to have some, perhaps some sandwiches preserved if... You come back late at night, and I'm either indisposed or perhaps out for whatever reason. Um, but that way, you should be able to accommodate yourselves. Thank you. Um, Very thoughtful. Of course, of course. I, I just, I'm so sorry again that we got off on the wrong foot yesterday, and I, I've been so grateful for the the second chance, as it were. So, mm. it's our pleasure. Of course. Well, Mr. Patrick, Jules. You see, uh, she turns around and she goes, and sure enough, the the poor girl, like she she's nursing, she's nursing where she clearly smacked on the step, and then she also just has to like have a little, just a tiny little hitch in her step as she makes well, her way did, out the door. How did the daughter of a biologist end up as a lowly cleaning lady? Well, Pat, as far as things to end up as. Cleaning lady's not so bad. No, I'm not, not saying, implying anything. I'm just. I'm just saying from... this job is not so bad, but it is an interesting thought. Yeah. Well, like I said, we have quite the day ahead of us. Uh, we need to. Perhaps if women had been allowed at university. Goodness, woman. No, no, that was me, Emily. <laughs> Calm yourself. <laughs> There's a Soren. Speaking blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> Still Soren. <laughs> Who met me at university? Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Right. all right. 100%. <coughs> so. 
universities. Yeah, yeah, we know. I know. <laughs> well, I actually had professors. Andy, who had students who were like upset that they had women professors. I'm like, wow, guys. Oh my gosh. Chauvinistic pigs. That's yeah. Um. So yeah, we're gonna head to the, the yard. Okay. Meet with Robinson. Great. Um. Taking your time, <laughs> or are you going to? Uh, how many scones were there? How many scones? Yeah. Uh, seven. I definitely took some scones, and they're in my pocket. Not okay. the pocket that the dead mouse had been in. Oh, totally. Well, it's different pants. Gross. Yeah. Oh, I'd put the cat in my coat pocket. Oh, okay. My mistake. Sorry. My so, pants don't have that big of pockets. I was confused, but co- I wasn't going to question it. Coat pocket. Yep. These are women's trousers. pants. There are no pockets. Let's be real. Um, so... It has pockets. Definitely, uh, has definitely pockets. spending what it takes to get there quickly because we got a lot to do. Today. Okay, yeah, uh, so that that'll just be um, another shilling and a half. I'll let you take that one. Mm-hmm. I went to roll this. Roll my dice. I take the down three. one. You I approach. One. You approach that the yard, um, and it seems to be business as normal. If anything, everyone's just looking a little jury-eyed. It was a very late night for some who are still writing out their reports. Um, among them, uh, as he it seems to be addressing some of the troops, as it were, you see Robinson's up. Right then, gentlemen. You are the first guard of the Queen's people. You are what stands between anarchy and order. Therefore, Let's take the moment to find this madman and put an end before we find up with another body. Um, God help I, us more. I, as I, um, is this Robinson? Who is mm-hmm. this? So I'm, I'm going to go to Robinson and say, uh, be very careful in just ascribing lunacy and madness to this. This is a methodical and a no, Patrick. well Not, no, planned Patrick. I'm, to- I'm, I'm talking to everyone to, to undermining me in front of my own men do not underestimate this man of course we would be remiss to not take into account the expert opinion oh we went a wee bit Scottish there the expert opinion of Mr. Patrick that being said, as he has proven himself time and again, caution, caution, my men, go forth. God save the queen. God, God save, save the, the queen. queen. Might I ask as to the line of? Uh, In my office first, please, yes. Patrick. Um, is Jimmy there? Jimmy's is not there. Not. Um, Matthews is also not there. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. He should be on. Yeah. Leave so a... you see uh, Robinson usher the both of you into his um, his quarter, his uh, his partitioned office, and uh, he closes the wooden door, and he immediately starts rubbing his eyes, sits down, slumping into the chair, kind of drawing inward on himself for just a moment, and he goes, Were I a lesser man? I would be about three glasses in to the dirtiest, cheapest whiskey Hmm. I could manage. Good God, man. I take one day, one day to be with the missus. And my entire office, the whole of the yard, falls into complete and utter chaos. Miss Walker, so close to your, so close to your hearing. 
You go and break one of my officer's arms. Mr. Patrick, where were you? Sir, might I uh, interject? By all means, please. And the, the you will forgive my tone, I hope. Continue. Miss Walker was assaulted by your men. Before or after the breaking of the arm? Unbidden, Mr. Pallets, Constable Pallets, laid hands upon Miss Walker. And as Jimmy and you, and hopefully most of your constabulary here know... We don't touch don't Mrs. Touch Walker, Ms. Walker, yes. Miss Walker. And so that was... She was in a state of shock. She had been prescribed heavy medications that morning by from a doctor to help with a medical condition, personal condition. And so... Trying to find the proper balance of those medications takes time. Give me a persuasion check. That was very close. That's a 14. Okay. Okay. And then he's going to look at you, kind of back and forth mm -hmm. while he's talking. So that was fine. And then this is fine. Mm. Um, As Robinson is looking back and forth, mm -hmm. what is Jules thinking, listening to Patrick speak? Um, she's thinking that had Jimmy not touched her, this wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened. True enough. It doesn't matter that she wouldn't have done it if she'd mm -hmm. known it was him. The fact of the matter is something was touching her in the vision and that's why she responded that way and if no one had actually been touching her, Who's no one would have been hurt. Exactly. So she's thinking He's not wrong. He he's not he's not wrong. Um but when Inspector Robinson lo looks at her, um, she will say I I didn't know it was um Jules. Jimmy. Miss Walker. And then after she was attacked by Matthews, who, as you said, you yourself, if you were a lesser man, would be three drinks in. Matthews always is three drinks in. Mr. Patrick, emotions are high right now, I grant you. I would kindly remind you that you are technically a civilian, sir, and I would advise you against bad-mouthing one of my constables in front of me, to me, directly, in the wake of an admittedly undue assault. I'll, I'll make a formal, a lodge a formal complaint with your secretary then. <sighs> Come now, Patrick, we can resolve this peacefully. No need to bring the secretary into it. Miss Jules, Miss Walker. You didn't know it was Constable Jimmy's? Constable Pallets? As, um, as Pat said, I was prescribed um, some medicine. Some medication. And uh, I, I think I just must have gone in some kind of a haze for a minute, and um, I, I didn't realize it was Jimmy that was touching me. Does that make sense? Yes. If I'd Are known it was... Are you under such influence at this moment? No. Is this, without diving too deeply into... An inappropriate line of questioning. 
How essential is the consumption of this medicine? It is intended to relieve some uncomfortable symptoms I've been having. Mm. But obviously I will need to... Um, it isn't directly affecting me negatively now, Still but I'll have to speak. Correct balance, right. of folks, course, of course. Um, we'll have to find a, a, a different dosage, I, I guess. Is that is that the yes. word? That's the word. Mr. Patrick, is there a is there a particular reason that uh, you have not been assisting Miss Walker in this locating the correct dosage, sir? I was unaware that she was taking it at the time. She had visited the doctor that morning and afterwards where's this doctor located why do you need to why do you need that information i need to know exactly how far away from your parole officer you were miss walker oh he knew i was at the doctor's office i do not bloody care if he knew where you were his job is to watch you i have to remember oh, okay that's what i thought um his office is in shoreditch Shoreditch. Oh, bloody Burrow, Patrick! You... <sighs> I have absolute trust in my companion. I am. Do not give a damn about your it's trust been in me. Five years. Come and on. she killed a man! You she know. De she defended herself. <laughs> yes. As any. Freeborn citizen of of the these British Isles would have done in her same situation. Patrick, do not argue the moral veracitude of this situation, sir. You and I are of the same mind. I believe that Miss Walker has been dealt an enormously unfair hand. However, as a warden of the law, it is my job to make sure the law is followed. The Outline of her parole was abundantly clear. And you're telling me that knowingly you've just been permissing her to traipse about. Not traipse, but damn it, man, I'm upset. It's. It was looking into evidence. I was having the doctor look at. As, as, you, as you said, emotions are high. I can, I can, I can use that. I, I was having that. him look at the letter. Remember the letter that you gave us? All right, and so. he did give us useful information. While I was there, I mentioned that I'd been feeling ill, and he gave me medicine. So, so, so sworn, sworn testimony from this doctor should, should, clear up, should clear up that. Simply acting in the line of duty is, is, an, is, is an amenable stretching of boundaries. So, so long as it's not wholly personal, and so long as there are no... Other, and you see as he brings his hands to his ears as if preparing himself to plug his ears <laughs> at a moment's notice. No other little <coughs> individual forays before her parole hearing. Once again, I am sorry. This is not how I conduct myself. You both know that. It has been a very stressful 24 hours. Yes. Um... While we're here, um, oh, please proceed. I'm sorry, do you not want to hear about the suspect I chased last night? Oh. Mm. Firm details 
how many should I get the stenographer in here, or will my own note-taking suffice? I'm sure your own note-taking would suffice. Brilliant. Don't so the I'm bloody sure smell of them anyway. I, I'd already given my statement and stuff, and the officers have been around my part of the thing. Um, right? I'm sure I told, told you, told but them. I didn't really have a chance to tell the police officers after mm-hmm. all they they saw me in a so I'm assuming Inspector Robinson knows about the man and the how he was found and all that stuff mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. Yep. He's got very dark circles under his yeah. eyes. Um while Pat went and saw the victim, um, mm. I was removed slightly because we were aware that we were being tailed. Right. That's that part was included in uh, Mr. Patrick's testimony. Yeah. Um I climbed up the building and I almost had him. You don't um, say. Within an arm's reach, and then he saw me and he booked it. Or she. Well, <laughs> one woman running along the rooftops of London is incredulous enough, Miss Walker. Two is an entirely <laughs> almost fanciful. I was able to hold the weight with mine. Oh. Briefly. So if it is a man, it's a smaller man. If it's a woman, it's a it's a hefty woman. Juvenile, but, perhaps? It was... Ooh. Um, I don't know, DM. Do I feel like... The, did the eyes had, I see... I mean, unless you believe that you'd be able to tell someone's age just from their eyes. Um, depends on how thorough the black makeup was, because I, I do... I will let you roll a history Wrinkles are a thing around my eyes. Okay. Well, too bad my history is garbage, but we'll see. Maybe I'll roll really well. Nope. That's a nine. No concern. That's fair. I wouldn't have occurred to me to ask, except the TS. Um, uh, couldn't have been too young, because they were right, right. probably about my same height. Especially but... if they were able to keep pace with you. I've seen you run, Miss Walker. Right. I've <laughs> seen you, yes. No need to dredge up a pass, though. Um, appreciate that. Uh, but the assailant uh, was very fast. Um, I chased them across the rooftops too, and I'll give whatever, right. however far we made so aside, it. So aside from being just plain creepy, and of course the illegalities of being on London's rooftops. Oh shoot, is that illegal? Trespassing. Oh sure. <laughs> yeah. Did you see this individual actually commit any crime? No, that's why I said suspect. Ah, of course. Um... Anyway, uh, as we were running, uh, they fell uh, off one of the roofs and was dangling. I went down, grabbed onto them, tried to encourage them to use my help to get back up, and they said no. <laughs> um, blue eyes, though. Blue eyes? The suspect had blue eyes. They oh. blackened around oh. their eyes, and they were totally covered. Blue eyes. <gasps> By God, I Black think... eyes with blue eyes. It's Miss Pearson. <laughs> Wait, who's Miss Pearson? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I was just no. Uh, you're gonna so call. he's gonna go blue eyes. Well, I think that narrows the field quite a bit, Miss Walker. It means they're not brown eyes. It means they're not green eyes. It means they're not you know. You see him just sink his hand into his palms and goes, "I no, I am sorry." Anyway, we then both. I was pulled from a very, very enjoyable evening with Miss Robinson. Robin, yes, Robinson. <laughs> we then both fell 25 feet, and they ran. 
So, clearly we're looking for an indestructible blue-eyed machine. <clears throat> Potentially acrobat. Oh. They were quite acrobatic. Now, um... Very Rob perceptive. Now, Robinson. <laughs> uh, just so we're not <coughs> both pounding the pavement in the same circles. Mm. Um, I'm assuming that you're going over the missing persons reports of people in the in the region. Uh, do we have an ID of the, of of the victim, our, yet. Of no, victim yet? No, we're, no. we're still waiting on the coroner's report. I'll speak with the medical examiner and see how long he's been starving to see how long he's been missing. Um, oh. We need to find... Uh, I, I believe that not only, I'll definitely show him the the two the two letters that we received, the letter that he was here right. for, and then also the the newer letter that we received from our place, and say they are linked, the same hand, the same envelope and seal, with the phrases of war, cry havoc, and let slip the dogs of war, which were we were led to in the engravings and the palms. In the first, and with the scroll inside the victim's mouth leading to a scene in Romeo and at Juliet. That, at, um, as you say, Romeo and Juliet, he does a bit of a double take for a moment, but um, there was a, a spark of uh, remember, remembrance uh, echoing in his eyes when you uh, mentioned the, the three palms mm -hmm. of the first victims. Yeah. And he goes, ah, oh, I'm sorry. You'll have to forgive me, uh, Patrick. It's uh, been an onslaught of information and yes. some things have uh, been put by the wayside and as we had identified the first victims, yes. I had uh, neglected to mention this additional detail that our, our medical examiner was able to ascertain under more uh, strenuous examination. The implement that... Dismembered. Thank you. Oh, that dismembered. Oh, oh, The oh, implement yes. that dismembered the first victim, the entirety of that uh, Prussian gentleman, was not the same manner in which the <coughs> third of the body of... Uh, that was Peter um, Gold... Goldrick. Drick. Of... Uh, Mr. Goldrick. Mr. Goldrick died from that wound, whereas the other wounds uh, to Diedrich were posthumous. Different mm. implement. Yeah, so the teacher died first, then was cut up. Peter was cut and killed. If anything, uh, uh, the medical examiner believes that, um... Well... Tell me, when was the last time you had a, um... A cooked chicken, a cooked bird of any sort? Earlier this week. When you approach the wings... Do you... Depending on the mixed company, I suppose. I'm sorry, I'm beating around the bush because this is rather... Unbelievable and quite uncomfortable to say, but are you saying that? Are you saying that Mr. Is it Goldrick? Sorry, Goldrick. Are you saying that Mr. Goldrick was not severed but ripped? That 
is what the medical examiner believes. Though, of course, the strength necessary for such a feat is beyond any I know. Mm -hmm. That doesn't bode well. No. Right. If anything, I would say his death was... Not to step on your own toes, detective, but if I were to take a stab at it, given the location of the two main bodies, I would almost hazard a guess to say that Peter was incidental. I'm going to turn to look at Pat, and I'm going to say, Mrs. Britton. Yes. Um, now, who, now who's bloody Mrs. Britton? Another victim? A client. No. Oh. No. Um. But there's a connection to being torn. This isn't... Well, then I'm going to insist that you bring her in. So I can get her statements on record. She doesn't have anything to state at the moment. It's just she introduced the idea to us. What idea, Miss Walker? Of someone perhaps being torn asunder. And you see uh, Robinson just be kind of begin to, like, shake his head in incredulity, and he looks over at uh, at Carl Patrick. And Carl, Carl's just <laughs> glaring daggers at Jules once again. I'm trying to get into his good graces here. <laughs> um. There's a reason that we are the... Don't worry. Um... Mr. Patrick, is what Mr. Jules saying at all accurate? There is a woman who we are speaking with who is insane and who is not at all connected with this at this time. Not a suspect. And all she said was that she was afraid that she was going to be torn asunder. Exactly. That was the phrase. Give me a persuasion check. Nineteen. Dang boy, you're lucky. You're <laughs> lucky, sir. Seventeen. And you're gonna see. Um, you're gonna see Robinson start to point his finger, and then he just kind of curls it back, and he goes, "I have enough on my plate, without any undue connections." Should this Britain situation develop further and any, and any relevant information comes to hand, I would very much like it if she could pay the Yard a visit. But if this is just the ravings of a lunatic woman, I have no time, no patience. So, uh, Robinson, the reason for our conversation, you have your men, What what is the the line of investigation that your men are pursuing at this moment so we don't and this, cross the same path. And this, he starts to get a little a little shamefaced and he goes, well, my friends, I'm sure you know the way of things around here better than most, but our first priority is to, is to determine whether or not this victim is matching the descriptions of any of our higher profile missing persons. And 
while admittedly there are not more of those than those of uh, less fortunate circumstances, it is going to take us some time to pass through the details. Another two days at most before we eliminate all pot potential subjects of the uh, higherborns. Well, if you don't have, if you have any that are not on uh, searching parties, I would uh, ask that you have them collect any missing persons reports that have been done within. Well, I need to get the medical examiner's estimation of how long our victim had been starving. Uh, he should have the he should have his uh, conclusions um, before before supper. He's been a little overtaxed himself. I'll check being with, honest. I'll check in with him and. Sorry, we're checking with who? The medical examiner medical to see how long examiner. he's been starving. Do me a favor, though. So try that not was to... Emily, not no. Jules. Oh. Jules <laughs> gotcha. heard it. That gotcha. was me. Try not to um. Try not to make off with any souvenirs this time, if you can resist the temptation. If I if I can. Um. Well, unfortunately, no, not unfortunately. I, I am going to try and be optimistic about this. I will speak on your behalf in the upcoming hearing still. When is the hearing? Uh, it's going to be in a week and a half at this point. I'm going to need the testimony of that doctor. I'll send some men out his way. For God's sake, Jules. Keep the leash tight. She nods. Patrick, we'll expect your bill. Mm -hmm. I will say that uh, the work you've been putting in lately, I'll see if I can convince the secretary to uh, throw a few more pounds your way. Oh, thank you. No, thank, thank you, and please forgive my earlier tone. He's, there's something about these murders in particular, even even worse than Ripper's. It's, it's eating at me. It's, it's haunting me. I don't care for it. It's a lot of pressure, Inspectors. I understand. Haunting you. Now that's an interesting word. Um, would you, what do you mean haunting you? Could you? No. As you know, after you discovered the first victims, after relaying the orders to my <coughs> lieutenants, I decided to take some time with the missus. And while we had an immensely enjoyable evening, I will say that I did not sleep soundly at all. Nightmares in this profession are commonality, unfortunately, but these were... These were a bit more vivid than I'm used to, if I'm being entirely honest. And even though I'm awake and have been for quite a few hours now, I... It's just a wait. It's a wait, Patrick, and it's... It's not important. What's important is that we catch this not madman, but maddened man, perhaps, and show that no more bodies turn up before my job is had. <sighs> Dismissed. Thank you. 
Um, Thank you, sir. So as we head out of the police station, we say, um, all right, obviously you really don't want him to know about Miss Britton. Is there a reason why? We, we, we tend to be fairly decent with the police. Yes, in cases that concern the police. Undue involving of Scotland Yard in cases that are not theirs and that are below them is not needed. There's a reason some people approach us and not policemen. Well, yeah, I wasn't going to give him all the kind of details, but I And thought... then you mention her name and Robinson says, well, bring her in for a, for a specific oh. uh, inquiry. For those of you who are keeping score... The baby monitor is down here. Hey. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I had a realization, and I and I mentioned the name because I, you know, it isn't very often that being torn or ripped by something is, I is brought also, up. So I apologize. I also noted that, and that is something that we could keep together. There is a client and investigator. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But Pretty don't you think we will end up discussing this if the two are connected? If the two are connected. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to walk very far from the uh, police quarters of Scotland Yard. In fact, it is a, a joint building, uh, the medical, the morgue, mm -hmm. as it were. Uh, you go in and you uh, are immediately hit with the wave of smell of formaldehyde mm -hmm. and preservatives and uh, flesh that is beginning to turn mm -hmm. rather quickly. And uh, there you find the medical examiner, 24-year-old Cackbur Booth. Cackbur? Yep. That is a name. K-A-C-P-E-R. Cackbur Booth. That's great. Cackbur. K-A-C-P-E-R. He has the thinnest wispiest of mustaches. That sounds like a boy. It does sound like a boy. And yeah. I think this is a great time to pause for another pee break. And we're back yet again. Sorry. <laughs> That's parenthood. It's literally in our tagline. It's true. Yep. Um, anyway, where was I? Right. Wispy mustache. Uh, round spectacles. Uh, almost telescopic in their Refraction of the light so that the eyes appear bulbous and almost bug-like. Which unfortunately has earned him the nickname Bugsy. Though he really does not like being called as such. So only if you intend to not win his uh, support would you refer to him. Now, Kakber Booth was a uh, bit of a wunderkid at the College of Edinburgh. Um in the top 5% of his class, <coughs> graduated with high honors, and was immediately snatched up by Scotland Yard because uh, he is a, a legacy, I would say. His father was once uh, the head inspector uh, two times before Robinson. Mm -hmm. So Robinson's predecessor was the successor of, of um, Jasper Booth. So, um, standing short at probably about five foot six, um, no more than a reed, really, in, in, in regards to his width, um, Kakper sees the two of you enter and he goes, Oh, well, uh, Mr. Patrick, Miss Walker, um, and what 
sorry, um, puts the clamps more firmly on his nose. And what, uh, brings me, what brings you to my, uh, my humble quarters today? Paul Booth, um, couple questions. First, any, uh, detail on how Mr. Uh, Vinegross was dissected? Right. Um, well, uh, as you had noted in your uh, initial observations, it was not a saw, but rather um, some sort of uh, slicing uh, instrument. However, uh, you were wrong. <laughs> That's right. I, I don't take pleasure in saying that, though, sir. You were wrong in your assumption that it was a scalpel or some sort of instrument. No. Um, please come over here. It's quite, it's quite fascinating. And he uh, brings you over to one of the numerous body parts of uh, Mr. Vinegross. Um, and he says, So, initially, that was my uh, that was my thoughts as well, that uh, a scalpel would be the most logical instrument for such dismemberment, for the precision of the cut. Uh, however, if you look closely, the width of the tears is far too uh, jagged for uh, the more precise instrumentality of a scalpel. This was a large instrument. So, so my next thought was a butcher's knife because, you know, cleavers, they do technically slice and a large uh, amount of force is necessary and that might explain the tears. However, once again, did not match any... Uh, and he brings you over to uh, mm -hmm. where there's a collection of pigs' body parts that uh, does have various different implements basically stuck into it um, or doing the tears. And he goes, Butcher's knife would leave a, a much uh, smoother transition, especially with the necessary force behind it. This, finally, I, I had a bit of an epiphany. Please wait just one moment. And he goes over to a wall of instruments and he pulls out a writing saber. He says, do either of you want the pleasure? I'll take it. All right, Miss Walker, show us what you have. So I'm slicing a pig carcass right now? Yep. Put okay. all your all your effort into it. All right, I'll go for it. Give me a attack roll with your strength modifier. Oh. <laughs> Should have let Pat do it. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a two. <laughs> I go to like do it, and I'm like... Mm, mm -mm. <laughs> and I'll hand it to Pat. So I'll roll. I, I, I'm I'm a knife person. Yeah. Um, as, as, as am I. And he tries to spin a scalpel fancily, <laughs> and instead he just nearly nicks his palm. He says, "God damn it!" This is a so a strength knot with um, strength and depth. um, well yeah, because it's a uh, it's a long sword. Okay. Alright, so let's do strength. I mean, I'm assuming you're stronger than I am. Maybe you're I don't not. Oh, I got a plus one. So. Oh, I got a plus zero. So you're stronger. Alright, that's a 12. Okay. It is a dead pig carcass. So as long as you got more than a two, that was mm -hmm. pretty much. I, I rolled exactly a two. I know, I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm being a putz. So, um. Oh, I thought that was for reals. And oh, I was no, like, no, wow, God, really? No. <laughs> no, no, no. It will kill. That's yep. exactly what I was thinking. So you <laughs> slice through one of the haunches. Of the of the of the pig as um, Booth kind of suspends it, and uh, with this little additional detail with the pointing, 
Um, with your own medical background and your investigative prowess, it doesn't take very long before you go, oh yeah, there's a infinitesimally small discrepancy between the cuts, mm-hmm. could be attributed to the pig carcass, might be a slightly different blade. Yeah. Um, but it is very similar. You are looking for a saber, a saber. as the right, means so of is... dismemberment posthumously. Right, so that feels in line with the whole motif of war. Oh, uh, you've ascertained some uh, additional details then? Be prepared to have a few more, uh, unless we catch this killer soon, be prepared to have a few more bodies bodies grace your slab. Well, unfortunately, uh, the inn is rather full. <laughs> they check in, <laughs> but they don't check out. <laughs> yes. Uh, now, Booth. Um... I suppose it's good to have a sense of humor when you work here. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, not only that, but I can uh, practice my best jokes on them before the before I try it with a live audience. <laughs> Booth, uh, we need to know how long this one was starving for before he succumbed. Ah, yes, uh, rather grisly way to go. Personally, I think between the two of them, uh, Mr. Vinegross had it easy. No, uh, our, our... And, oh, wait, hold up. Before we move on. Yeah. Whoosh, can we rewind a little bit? Yep. Uh, Robinson told me that it wasn't the saber cuts that killed Dietrich. So what did? Do we have any right autopsy? Uh, bit bit more of a mystery on that end of things, I'm afraid. Um, oh, I. You see the bombastic, darkly humorous Booth uh, get a shade more serious, and he goes, "I'm hesitant to put these details forth to the inspector yet because." Despite my mental, mental and medical fortitude, this is um, this is rather beyond me, and I have a hard time saying that, detective. But perhaps your eyes can see something mine cannot. And he leads you over to Diedrich van Gross's head. You see that there's a line. Affixed the top of the scalp, uh, light bloody line, as is common. Open the yeah. skull. He goes, I must, I must warn you, this is not like anything I've ever seen. And he peels off the top of uh, Van Gross's head, and the brain is there if you can still call it that. However, a large majority of it, I would say probably two-thirds of it, are blackened, covered in this miasmatic paste that appears to be two parts corrosive, one part just... I use the word often, but only because it suits it. Icker. And looking at the head, 
do I notice blood has come from his ears? Give me either an investigation or a medicine. Does this look like what Carl threw up yesterday? Give me a history. Seventeen. Eleven. Yes. Dang it. Yes. Crap. Okay. Um. So Jules is just kind of like, mm, and then he's, she's gonna look just down from the brain because that's hard to look at, and see that he has blood coming from from inside his ears, and her hand is gonna go up her ear subconsciously mm -hmm. remembering that she was bleeding from her ears and she's going to bring it down really quickly she's going to be like um okay like <laughs> oh that's really bad news okay <laughs> um so uh uh booth is going to turn away from you patrick mm -hmm. um and he's going to look at you miss walker uh-huh he's going to Start uh, basically say, pontificating about the uh -huh. various uh, theories that he has. He's trying to impress you a little bit. You uh -huh. you know that a couple of the younger employees of Scotland Yard are, are a little sweet on you. Um, Jimmy's used to be in that number, perhaps. Um, <laughs> I, I'm saying that only to be mean. Hopefully no, 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 um, I know. Hmm? Hopefully, still is. Well, um, poor Jamie. While he's doing that, Pat, why don't you go ahead and give me a perception check? That's cocked. <laughs> oh, it's worse. <laughs> perception. Uh, how, how old is 15. Booth? 15. Booth is 23. Oh, sorry, oh. 25. 24. Oh, okay. Oh, he's only a little Thank bit you. older than I am. That's uh, 15. 15? Perfect. Boy. Patrick. As Booth is explaining something to Jules, you just hear a light. Shaking of what? Shaking of like a metallic. Okay, so I'll look over at the, the table Source of the, the, the knives and whatever. Is that where this is? So you look over first at the tables, and nothing appears to be causing the sound over there. Then you look further down the hallway, where the temperature is not regulated. That's not the, the proper word, but there's abundance of salts. And uh, they try to keep that area... It's been specially constructed so that the air circulates to keep that area cooler. And the salt does a good job of preserving the rest of the bodies that are in that area of the morgue. And you see that in the darkness of that section of the morgue, one of the metallic tables housing the numerous corpses of London's unsolved crimes should just be rattling. Sheet draped over it. 
are you working with anyone tonight, Booth? Oh, this morning, Booth. Booth is facing away from you, speaking to Miss Walker. Booth? No answer. Eyes turns to the to the table and walks to it. It's not just one table now. Awesome. A wave of the shifting metal, of the now suspiciously larger chamber of mm-hmm. corpses. Cacophony, a symphony of metal, cloth, and flesh. Patrick, give me a sandy check. <laughs> so, 50. Okay. You are fine. Continue to resignedly yeah. approach one of the tables. As you get within two feet of it, the wrestling stops. pull back it's been some years since you've seen him you did not part on the best of terms far from it (coughs) and you also know that this man has been dead for ten years though he doesn't look it There's your father. Bald head. Whitened mustache. Strong, muscular frame. A frame that you feared and hated. A frame that admittedly raised you and made you a stronger person. But there was no love in that household. And on his forehead, there's just one word carved into his flesh. War. Big mouth. But you wouldn't have been able to figure it out were it not for the Mo haircut because this big mouth, his hand, skin hangs loosely, not bulbous at all. It sags. His shirt torn open, carved across his chest. It's going to start pulling, pulling, pulling. Jules. Green, sallowed skin. Blood stains 
on her mouth, on her ears, carved into the side of her neck. Pestilence. You first thought it was a mirror. It's not. Carl Patrick. Eyes black, endless voids. Veins, a corrupted dark color spidering all over your face. Your, your own mouth slowly opens. Your tongue, blackened, lolls out and glowing in red writing. Sandy check. Oh, I have past that. Two. I'm so sane. It's excellent. Except as you shake that away, that feeling of overwhelming dread. You look over your shoulder. You see the sagging flesh of Big Mouth has slipped off of the table. And it's now just <laughs> inflating. Gross. Pulling itself up like a marionette with its strings just barely hanging off. The sags of flesh leaking out of the clothing. And it just begins to <laughs> Slurp its way towards you. Alright, um, I'm going to uh, use my whip. Whip at him. Okay, give me an attack roll. No, not very good, but 12. A 12 just hits. Okay, so it does. I'm, that's 10, it's a 10 foot reach. Great. So that's uh, 7 points of damage. Okay. And um, I'd like to spring backwards. Great. You're able to move about 20 feet, uh, well, 30 feet mm -hmm. away from it, so you're a total of 40 feet. And as you are backing up away from it, <coughs> from behind you, your own body grabs onto you. Black smog erupts from your own corpse's mouth and begins to wrap around your head. I'm try to, you know, throw him over my shoulder. Give me a Constitution saving throw followed by the athletics check. Huh. Con save is a fifteen. Success. An athletics check. Yep. Is natural one. The you're able to. Immediately, your quick mind going a thousand different thoughts a minute. You exhale breathily to <laughs> blow apart the smog before it reaches any of your orifices. And however, because you've done so, you've completely exhaled all the air from your lungs, and your body has no no fuel, no, no oxygen, no muster upon which to complete that physical feat. And in a startling moment, 
you realize that not only are you weakened from your exhalation, but you are struggling against your own form that is not bound by the limits of mortality. Yeah. I'm going to uh, call out. I'm, uh, let's see, right, right now. Do I want to do this? Do I want to do this right now? I think I do. I think I want to... Big uh, mouth. Yeah. I'm going to use my channel divinity. Uh, I mean, my sacred oath. Channel divinity. I'm going to channel my divinity to do the Horn of Eld. I'm using my uh, divinity to blow my horn or my whistle to uh, rally myself and my companions to take okay. advantage on next attacks. So I'm hoping to alert people in the room who aren't paying attention to me being attacked by zombies and also to, you know, inspire myself and get and advantage. And maybe finally realize time. that you're going bonkers just like Jules is. Yeah, yep. so that's my action. Speaking that's of which, Jules. Yeah. My action is to do that. Do I have a bonus action? It will be coming right back to you, Mr. Patrick. Jules. Yeah. As Booth is explaining his various theories to you, <coughs> I mean, from parasitic worms to um, consumption of the mind to um, perhaps uh, ate a particularly bad batch of eggs that just did not end well. You're barely focusing at all because you're trying desperately to hope that there is no actual connection between what's been experiencing to you and what you are looking at right now. And as you look to Patrick for any sort of reassurance, you see that Patrick is just standing there in front of the table where the pig carcasses are uh-huh. and Vine Gross's body. His eyes are white. Pat. Pat. And that's why, that's why I think that perhaps what we're looking for here is um, is there, like, an empty table somewhat in front of me that, like, to get to Pat that I can, like, stylistically slide over, kind of like the hood of a car? Oh, sure. Yay! I uh, just... There's a body in the way. We can do it. <laughs> it's just... No, it's just... It's, I just want to be super dramatic in getting to yep. you. So, I'm going to pat and just leap over a table. Okay. Um, to get towards him. Um, and um, I'm going to push aside the fact of, like, huh, this is... I think what has been happening to me is happening to him. I'm not going to think about that right now. I'm just going to think about, like, um, how do I wake someone up? up? Yeah. I don't like this. Pretty much. Pat. Pat. Did you say you touch him? Um, not yet. Okay. Um, I'm going to try calling out to him first. No response. Okay. Um, do you wear gloves? Um, so I'm going to grab onto his hand. Pat? In this moment, when you grab his hand, there's a moment where you are no longer where you are. Uh Uh-huh. It is just you and Pat, and you are holding his hand. Mm -hmm. His eyes are still milky white. And rather than the morgue, underwater mm-hmm. dark 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 water all around you 
until emerging from the darkness behind Pat is just this absolutely mammoth silhouette bigger than Big Ben mm-hmm. mm. tendrils of shadow coming off of it and you see now very carefully that one such tendril has snaked its way through the water and is making contact with Patrick the monstrous form slowly rotates its head the apex of its form to where you are it doesn't have to do it but it is somehow still noticeable to you mm-hmm. and another tendril begins to snake it stops directly in front of you and in this moment you know instinctively that you could join Patrick in whatever is plaguing him but the cost may be some of your mind do you let go or do you let the tendril touch you mm, I don't know because I don't know what the I don't know what the right option is um, that's a great oh, that's a great question isn't it I'm trying to decide what's... Jules is trying to decide what's going to be most helpful for Patrick. So if going into the... Going into whatever he's experiencing is going Mm -hmm. to help him or if staying out of it is going to help him because... Mm -hmm. um, Okay, so here's what she's going to do. She's going to let go first. Um, And then I'm going to smack him. I'm going to slap him. As you let go his hand there's a brief moment of before the water the form everything is gone and you're back in the morgue Patrick's in front of you you rear back and you slap him Patrick it's time to roll for initiative oh okay shoot Okay, include me in this initiative. Ten. I'll let you want to play. Handing me what? Mr. I'll let you want to play. Um, oh, no, Lord. Care. You know what? That's an excellent point. I didn't realize it was 12.10 in the morning. <laughs> I think what we will do then is as Jules pulls away... Wait, can, can, we, can we just... Um... Does the slap work? I need to know this. No. Okay. Once Jules sees that the slap does not work, she's going to take his hand again. If the tendril is there again, she will it's not. touch it. Dang it! You rear back to slap him. You slap him. There's no visible reaction. Patrick, you stand. Your father's corpse starting to rise from a table. The shambling mound of Big Mouth flopping across the floor towards you. 
the body of Jules slowly rising up from the table and your own mottled corpse behind you. And you are my friend. So alone. You're such a jerk. And that is where we will end this episode of Dark Was the Night. Holy cats, man. Look forward to when we play next time, where um, Patrick might have to use his backup character. Um, (laughs) Joking, joking, maybe mostly. Um, Tonight's episode was I thought for sure letting the tendril touch me was the wrong choice. I'm sorry. Number six. (laughs) All right. Have a spooky good time.